All right, you found us here at Off Leash. Thanks for joining. We uh, can now be found on Rumble and YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, all the audio podcasts. So check us out, share it with your friends and family. Look, right now there are emerging issues out of South America, tremendous emerging issues that are of great importance to the United States. This is something we've got to dig into. You don't want to miss this, talking about what's happening in South America. All right, Eric. So we've got down just in the Southern Hemisphere, Venezuela is north part of South America on the coast, and uh, bordering it is Guyana. Am I saying that right? Guyana. Guyana. Let's start here. I understand there have been tremendous oil discoveries off the coast of Guyana over the last three years. Let's start with that. Tell us about that and how has that created a tremendous dispute between the two countries? Exxon did a big offshore exploration program and they hit it very big with the Starbrook formations. Um, They did it with Hess and with, uh, I believe, Sinak, um, a Chinese partner. Um, Why it matters, it's the single largest new energy discovery in the entire Western Hemisphere. And um, Hess was just bought by Chevron. Why does that matter? Because Chevron has major fields and operations in Venezuela. Venezuela. Mm-hmm. There, as you, as you probably know, the, Venezuela really lost any kind of representative democracy years ago with a socialist revolution of Hugo Chavez. And then when he died, Maduro takes over. And they've had lots of attempts at opposition and actually having a free election. And it's been suppressed, overturned, denied. And about three months ago, not even, um, the opposition parties in Venezuela got together and had a, um, they got together and had a primary. The clear winner of that was Maria Karina Machado, a lady in her late 50s, professional engineer, I think mother of three. She won with 90-some percent of the vote. Cleaned house. I don't know anything about her, but I know she must be a courageous woman. Yes, because the Venezuelans have been trying desperately to suppress her. She cannot leave the country. She cannot travel within the country. If she goes to stay at a hotel, the tax police come the next day and shut off the hotel, close it down. If she goes to a restaurant, they come the next day and shut down the restaurant. So it is, you talk about candidate suppression, voter suppression, it's going that in, in Venezuela. And this is a primary for a general election. For a general election because, right, so the Biden administration, <clears throat> because of the debacle in the Middle East um, and their desperate need to lower energy prices because of inflation, they uh, decided to drop all these sanctions that they had against PDVSA, the National Oil Company of Venezuela. And in doing that, um, they got the Maduro regime to commit to some kind of an election in the future, sometime in 2024, probably in October. <laughs> Democracy. Democracy. <laughs> managed. Right. And, and so while they're suppressing this main opposition candidate, um, and, and I think that, that her success spooked the regime. And so what do they do? They, they dust off the old playbook of start, re, reignite a boundary dispute. And so the regime has announced on Sunday, uh, December 2, they will carry, they will have a, a, um, 
a referendum inside Venezuela about whether um, they should reclaim their land that is basically half of Guyana, their neighboring country to the east. You may remember Guyana from Jim Jones in the Kool-Aid days. There was a, he was a crazy cult leader that was from California, go figure. And then he moved his cult to Guyana and they committed mass suicide. 900 people died in uh, 1978. So that's probably the only thing America's ever heard about from Guyana. Well now, huge oil discovery and, and the land that Venezuela's carrying, that claiming, um, is where all the oil is. Guyana was the world's fastest growing economy last year because of the enormous oil revenue that they're seeing. And now you're seeing the bully socialist country backed by Russia and by, um, by Cuba and the Iranians. China. And, and some China, Chinese interests as well. They have an interest. But <clears throat> Exxon doesn't care who they have to pay royalties to. Chevron definitely is not going to stand against it because they have most of their equities in Venezuela and the Chinese don't care either. So Guyana is in a very, very bad place, a very delicate place. They have effectively no military and no means to defend against whatever kind of incursion that uh, the Venezuelans decide to do. So this, this vote that will happens on Sunday, um, it's basically a mom and apple pie vote. It's, Venezuelans are taught forever that they own everything west of the Escuebo River. Right. Again, half of Guyana. So this is about nationalism. This is this about is, national pride. It's about right? look. I see. I see the um, the gangster class running mm -hmm. Venezuela is doing the same thing that um, the Argentine generals did in um, uh, in the Falklands, mm -hmm. right? They call it the Malvinas, and you had a terrible economy in Argentina back in the uh, early '80s. Massive unemployment, inflation, crazy, and so they started. They picked a fight with Britain to claim this land, Britain, uh, under very strong leadership of Lady Margaret Thatcher, smacked him and retook it. I don't know that there's anybody capable of smacking them back and doing something. And certainly, it's another demonstration of the collapse of American deterrence and why it matters. Because lots of countries have border disputes, but if they see Venezuela get away with it, and on current trajectory, oh, yeah. they will, it's going to, you'll see cascading encourage more. conflict all over the world for everybody settling scores with guns instead of diplomacy. All right, so we've got, you know, typical dispute is based on natural resources. This is not a new discovery. It's a recent discovery. So it's not like Venezuela woke up, you know, yesterday and, and just read the news about this discovery. So your point is that politics is leading to uh, sure. this dispute. Right? The, 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 original, the original dispute was from 1895 mm -hmm. and settled in arbitration, and they accepted that. And then when Guyana got independence, there was some revisiting of that, mm -hmm. but no changes. And now, one month after an opposition figure has a, um, demonstrates real popularity in the country, they start a distraction. So this must be and, a... And, and, and I believe Venezuela, I'll be shocked if they don't do something, because taking that block of land and the ensuing oil deposits and the revenue that comes from it would be a 25 to a 30 percent increase in the Venezuelan GDP. It's a tr tremendous massive oil reserve, clearly, yes. right? All right, so play it out for me. The Venezuelans have their vote. It's going to pass by, you know, wild margin. Yep. Then what? 
then what logistically it's hard for them they're not going to do some they could but there's no roads leading to that part of the of the Guyana territory mm -hmm. it's very thick jungle mm -hmm. but they can go by river they can go by helicopter just in the last two weeks they have been flying lots of military helicopter flights mi-17s flying going and landing right on the border areas already right up against Guyana territory like 50 meters from it as a as intimidation precursor precursor yeah. and they mm -hmm. They had uh, a number of jets, uh, Sukhois, that they bought from the Russians, and they routinely fly over Guyana airspace and violate it and say, what are you going to do about it? And Venezuela has probably got... I, I actually fairly... talked to, I even talked to a pilot yeah. that had flown in and out of all these small Guyana villages, uh, you know, doing support for people gold mining or whatever, or timber, mm -hmm. and re recalled being buzzed by Russian jet, or by, by Venezuelan jets routinely. So Venezuela's military, let's talk about that for a moment, because when you've got a, a dictatorial regime, clearly they've got to have a military backing them up to keep control of the populace. And then, you know, much, uh, Maduro must keep control of that military. What do you know about the Venezuelan military? I mean, clearly there's no comparison to Guyana, right? They no, don't really the, have the, one. The, the, the Venezuelans have, some, they can buy some stuff. They mm -hmm. have a lot of numbers, but uh, the jungle gets a vote. Right. The, 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 the terrain is very difficult. And I think the Venezuelan military is probably best at beating up its own population. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if they have the audacity to do whether it's a unconventional invasion. And I would describe it as a <clears throat> first they send some indigenous people, so-called. Right. Whether it's soldiers dressed as indigenous people that flood into those areas and they reestablish and they put up a flag and they say this is Venezuelan territory. We're claiming this. Mm -hmm. And then. If Guyana defense forces respond or do something, then Venezuela will say, well, you have to go defend our people, right, and they right. seize it that way. They're gonna, they'll slice the salami. They understand, the Russians are helping them, the Iranians are helping them. So they there's a justification a at that point. They, they create one out of thin air. Right, and, and also enforce the outcome of the referendum, right, which is the people have spoken and they've claimed, reclaimed this disputed territory, which, by the way, is about half of the territory of Guyana. It's about 60% of the landmass of Guyana. Right. Right. It's so it's, it's very, to me, it's also similar to what Saddam did uh, by claiming, ah, Kuwait really should be part of Iraq. It was carved out of Iraq. Those are our, our lost provinces, and we're going to take it back. All right. Tell me a little bit about the history there uh, with the population of, of, of uh, Guyana. Uh, it's the only English-speaking country in all of South America, and it is that way because it was a kind of a UK trading colony, mm -hmm. and so there was a kind of an Amerindian slash black population, and then mm -hmm. a lot of Indians, as in uh, South Asian Indians, that were brought there as workers and accountants and all the rest, and so you have a basically a split population along political lines as well between the indigenous versus the, uh, the South Asian Indians um, that, uh, that clash politically. So and actually, the president is a Muslim, an Indian, an Indian origin Muslim. Okay. And, and so th th for them to have this impact on their GDP uh, must be phenomenal. Are they investing in infrastructure or, or do we not know? Um, they, the, the, I think this last year was their first big revenue year. Mm -hmm. And I think right. they're still trying to figure that out, but it's a, uh, Man, if they if they don't 
if they don't spend something to defend themselves, they will lose it all. And, um, you know, their, their big bully neighbor is going to just take it from them and, and no amount of international court of arbitration and, and whining in foreign capitals is going to make a difference. This is a, this is yeah. a, um, <clears throat> this is a clear case of military victories driving diplomatic breakthroughs. <laughs> so, and, and for multinational corporations such as Chevron, doesn't matter, right? They want the lease. Doesn't matter who they get the lease from. They're not going to really weigh in. Uh, no, and it's not like I don't think they're going to get U.S. Southcom forces to show up and enforce a uh, a border dispute. Despite noise that they might make, I don't see uh, I don't see Biden deploying forces to defend Guyana. But this is incredible. I mean, this 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 could uh, really shake up the region if if uh, if you got a Venezuela on the rise with new resources. Yes. Again, this would bump up their GDP by 25 to 30%. So yeah, it, 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 uh, it is a, not a ruse, but it's an aggressive tactic done by the regime to try to keep themselves in power and beat off any, um, any opposition candidates from actually challenging them. The last time they had any kind of real election in 2014 in Venezuela, it was stolen. I mean, the, the, the opposition candidate clearly won. Mm-hmm. And the, the government just overturned the election. There was millions of people in the streets, mm-hmm. and then nothing happened. Right. Yeah. I would anticipate something similar if they have election, some kind of plebiscite, and people vote, and they'll just steal it, or they will arrest or kill or whatever the um, Maria Carina Machado, but who's, a, who's a brave, brave patriot who's trying to do better for her country. Clearly. And... and there's nothing that could change their economy like this. Nothing. I mean, no. they've been ravaged by socialist policies for decades now, right? Yes. And, and, and having the, uh, the, the proper Western companies that are in there managing and, 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 and now starting to harvest significant amounts of crude is an easy, easy and lucrative win for the Venezuelan government. Incredible. Look, uh, U.S. interests are always at play here. That's what we're going to focus on next, coming right up. We'll be right back. Imagine a technology company built to restore your privacy, not take it away. You and your phone are constantly bombarded with tracking, surveillance, propaganda, and digital attacks. Even big tech companies claiming to protect privacy create their own back doors. Unplugged restores what's been lost, starting with a messenger, a VPN, a mobile antivirus. The Unplugged app bundle gives you back what's rightfully yours. Unplugged. Restore your privacy. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in in a few minutes. (laughs) Instacart for the win. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, 
Hey, we're back with uh, Off Leash with Eric Prince. Thanks for coming back to us. We're talking about uh, U.S. interests now in South America. All right. So you gave us a great overview of what's happening. Depressing this overview. Dispute. <laughs> yeah, it's very depressing because, you know, Venezuela could uh, get away with it and just take a huge leap economically. And, and, and putting more resources in the hands of, mm-hmm. of hardcore Bolshevik socialists mm-hmm. is bad because they sprinkle a lot of money around the rest of South America promoting super leftist candidates and policies. I mean, mm-hmm. now you have the president of Colombia used to be the head of the, effectively the Colombian Communist Party, aided by Venezuelan money. So putting more money in the hands of Maduro and the, the Maduro gang is really bad for America. It's bad. I mean, we've had a massive um, ongoing exodus of uh, Venezuelan refugees coming to, coming, trying to come to America mm-hmm. because of really bad governance. And, and uh, there are people, you told us recently, from the Middle East transiting through Venezuela to get up through the U.S., correct? By the thousands. By the thousands. Coming Mi- from where? Military-age males coming from Iran that come to Venezuela, pick up Venezuelan docks, and make their way north up the, the rat lines of the cartel smuggling. <clears throat> settling in major American cities and standing by for a call from Tehran to activate. Unbelievable. All right, so let's let's discuss the U.S. interest here. So is this a situation with the Biden administration similar to what happened with Biden lifting the sanctions on Iran, which basically empowered them, got them back in the oil business? Is this a similar situation where Venezuela's had sort of the handcuffs taken off of them? It's, it's, uh, it's even worse because with all the, the bans and the prohibitions that the Biden administration has put on developing hydrocarbons in America on all these federal lands, no more leases, no more drilling, no more exploration, you got to look for it somewhere. Guyana, perfect, in the water, um, develop it there, ship it to America. At least it's a close transit in its, in its Western Hemisphere. Now we're letting a, a socialist Marxist bully uh, will likely take a big chunk of Guyana and, um, and, and, the, and, the cas- and the problems will cascade and compound from there. All right. So we've because we shut down virtually shut down American energy production on, day, on Joe Biden's first day in office, it forced us to have to acquire our uh, oil resources elsewhere, including from of, of all places, Venezuela. Then you've got this discovery in Guyana. Now Venezuela is using this excuse for political purposes, right, to try to take back that those resources, take those resources through the supposed border dispute. Wouldn't an American president look at this situation and say, you know what, we are going to be Guyana's ally like they've never had an ally, and yeah. we are going to defend that resource, and then we're going to benefit from it, correct? A, a, a bit of uh, a stitch in time saves nine, in the words of uh, Benjamin Franklin, <laughs> and a, a tiny bit of gundo, gunboat diplomacy would be well to keep the Venezuelans on their side of the line. Look, Guyana is a population of 800,000 people, and their, I think their oil revenue to the country mm-hmm. was a billion six mm-hmm. uh, first years, and it's set to go up compounding over the next few years as production uh, doubles and then triples. So it's, it's a huge win for a small country, and they're about to have it taken from them. And it should transform their society uh, in a positive Indeed. way, which Indeed. is only positive for U.S. interests. Correct. Um, all right, there's a, let me read this clip from a story. Uh, the leadership from the United States Army First Security Force Assistance Brigade, 
whatever the hell that is, and the Guiana Defense Force met November 27th through 28th as part of the United States and Guiana's strong military-to-military partnership. So how is that going to benefit Guiana in this dispute with Venezuela? And what does that mean? Interpret that for me. That means that they're there to talk about some future training endeavor where they'll maybe send a few, a dozen or more um, U.S. trainers to do some training with the Guiana military for a few weeks and then leave. It doesn't give them surveillance. It doesn't give them helicopter or, or, or rotary. It doesn't give them maritime capability to actually project power and defend their territory from from a Venezuelan onslaught. But Guyana is in crisis, correct? I mean, this is a, a, a major national crisis for them, correct? Is it that level already? It is, the, yeah. it is, it is the, the national crisis of the century for them. Right. Right. I mean, look, you have no doubt the Cubans, the Russians are pushing this. It, Cuba was a a dependent on the Soviet Union mm-hmm. for really from the from the Cuban Revolution mm-hmm. 62 till till the Soviet Union collapsed. Mm-hmm. No more stipend from them. So what did Cuba do? They went and found and attached themselves like a tick onto the Venezuelan host and mm-hmm. used their communist intelligence apparatus. The Cubans have a very good intel service to adversely transform Venezuela into a socialist state. And looking for additional growth opportunities, I've no doubt that they've uh, set their sights on Guyana now to do the same. All right. So what can we expect out of the U.S. military? It's the Southern Command, correct? Yes. All right. Tell me about the Southern Command. General Laura Richardson. And, um, you know, that's not typically a, uh, a place they put... Um, not a, not a place you're expecting to do combat operations from. Mm-hmm. And so I think this, uh, this, this flare-up will be a yet another test of senior military leadership. Are they able to deter our enemies? Are they able to communicate credibly to behave themselves or suffer the consequences? I'm not optimistic. What are our options? To protect <laughs> U.S. interests, what should we be considering? Is it, is it merely diplomatic? Is it wait and see? Look, I, I think the, uh, the simplest thing is to put all the sanctions back on, on Venezuela if they make any move towards any kind of Guiana territory. What are the odds of that happening? I'd say it's very low now because as they've turned off sanctions, there's been a deluge of hedge fund managers, New York um, people, and related Democrat donors in there making deals with the Maduro government for gold, for oil, for all the rest. So it is a massive payoff to political allies of the regime, So of the Biden regime. All right, so allies of the Biden regime have gotten basically a free license because the sanctions were lifted to go down and do deals. Correct. Doing deals with the devil, effectively. <clears throat> and the Maduro people know exactly who to do deals with for who will, who will get the best attention of the Biden administration and all the people from West, from I think it's called West Executive uh, Consulting, which is where the, it's kind of the, the manpower pool for people in and out of the White House. So if we know, if, if we take a look at what seems to be emerging, this picture about the, you know, family Biden business, yep. the Biden family business, uh, and I'm not saying they have direct interest in Venezuela, but certainly they got friends involved there now. It's hard to imagine they'll reapply not sanctions. The, not even just the Biden family, but um, but folks connected to the Democrat Party and um, and the the friendly hedge funds, et cetera, to to go do the boondoggle. Look, Venezuela has enormous amount. It's probably the single country with the most oil hydrocarbons proven in ground in the world. 
There's a reason it was called El Dorado, the city of gold, because in the, in the days of the conquistadors, there's literally cities gleaming that have been lost to the jungles, but it's extraordinary wealth in the ground that has been um, uh, just ravaged and damaged beyond compare by socialism. If you were, you know, if you were in a position to make such decisions, would you be supplying the Guiana Defense Forces? Would you be providing armaments from the U.S.? They, what does that they look need, like? They need armaments. They need the, the means to, to operate that equipment and mm -hmm. to rapidly have a deterrent capability on the ground, in the air, and at sea to say, to, to, to up the transaction cost if the Venezuelans try something stupid. So if, if we were wise, we would apply news. Let, let's, look, let's look ahead, right? The, uh, you know, the, this referendum passes in Venezuela. As you said, and you sort of anticipate, there's going to be some sort of incursions, you know, based on, on, on some, some basic yep. premise, right? Uh, some false premise. Uh, and, and at that point, you would envision the U.S. appropriate U.S. response would be reapply sanctions, at least start to, you know, tighten them up. Immediately instantly. severe. Go okay. right back to go right back to what it was. OK, crank, crank that down immediately. That would that may give them pause and then provide Guyana defense forces with supplies Just supply them, you know, military supplies that they could use. Maybe training. a few things, some ability okay. for mobility, some surveillance. So you can see who's making the incursion. Mm -hmm. And um, and build uh, and, and fortify some of those uh, key towns. I would almost um, I'm reminiscent of what the British Empire did in the, um, uh, in the Levant, and they built these Taggart forts, which are basically police stations that were little mini fortresses that could withstand an attack for a week. Mm -hmm. That's all you really need there, just enough to to make it harder for people to roll in and take over. Well, we're talking about oil rigs, correct? They must be littered across well, the region. All quite, it's all well offshore. So you need a, a means to, to protect that from any kind of maritime nonsense. And then you need uh, the ability to actually control land and protect infiltration from uh, the Venezuela okay, side. Okay, so this is, this is, off the, this is uh, offshore rigs uh, off of Guyana. But the, and, and the excuse for this, this supposed dispute uh, over the territory, uh, how does, explain this to me. If Venezuela is trying to take back this territory, but the rigs are offshore, connect those dots for me. How does Venezuela get the get the, the rigs are within the EEZ of Guyana. The land mm -hmm. that makes that area part of the EEZ right. is the land that is, is the Escribo area that, right. that Venezuela intends to take back. Okay. All right. So you've got offshore, you've got onshore. Yes. Uh, oil. All okay. this oil has been offshore. Okay. Let's talk history again a little bit from, from the U.S. perspective. We talked uh, uh, before we, we were taping on the Monroe Doctrine. G give me your thoughts about how this alters the Monroe Doctrine. <laughs> it, it, it's if, the, we have, it's, if we have it's a the, failed response from the U.S. It's the nail in the coffin of any kind of Monroe Doctrine. Look, James mm -hmm. Monroe as president in like 18, early 20s, 23, 24, put out to say, hey, what happens in, in, in um, the Western Hemisphere mm -hmm. Mm -hmm affects U.S. national security, so mm -hmm. all your European colony, you know, powers mm -hmm. stay out. Mm -hmm. This is our area, and we've, the, the, if this is allowed to go on, it's, it's further indication that the Monroe Doctrine is completely dead. What is your prediction? My prediction is through a irregular warfare approach, there will be an incident created after this referendum 
and they will um, they will bully, cajole, pay off, pay off politicians in in Guyana mm -hmm. to even take a fall, um, and they will eat this. It, it, there's so the, the the arbitrage is so large mm -hmm. that they're going to do something, mm -hmm. okay. and it's and it will involve everything from money to full on kinetic operations by the Venezuelan armed forces so we've with got, with Russian Cuban advisors and Iranian and an Iranian yeah there's a couple thousand Iranian troops in Venezuela now join us today during the Jeep celebration event right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. On what, what basis? There's supposedly a, uh, a joint production facility for some drones mm -hmm. uh, where they make the shot heads. Mm -hmm. um, there's even been talk of putting... Um, uh, some medium or long-range Iranian missiles mm -hmm. into uh, Venezuela that can reach the United States. So we've just big picture for a moment. Uh, you know, we've got a war raging uh, against Israel that they're fighting yep. back against. We've got the, you know, Russia-Ukraine war carries on and will for some time, yep. we expect. We've got, um, obviously, China, you know, saber-rattling constantly. Uh, we've got the crisis on our border that is basically, you know, self-inflicted. A, a flood that is not stopped or reduced in any way, shape, or form. Right. Because there's no intent to stop it or right. reduce it. So, add this on as a new crisis in our hemisphere. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it's hard to imagine this administration being able to uh, address it competently. Am I right? <laughs> it's not a good outlook, right? Nope. And it's, and it's one more. It's, it's, I, I feel bad for the policymakers that are you know, at the NSC or Secretary of State level because mm -hmm. it seems like they're not very um, able to play the cards dealt, that, they, that they could play mm -hmm. or they're afraid to play. And so they get um, we're gonna, the, the United States and, and um, our interests are going to be embarrassed badly again. Again. Soon. Soon. Very soon. Like I've said, I've said this since, since, since 2021, this feels like a second Carter administration where we just got our asses kicked as America all over the world, inflation and um, interest rates and, and mm -hmm. interest rates and, and real foreign policy setbacks mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's put us back years and years. Incredible. Thanks for the analysis. But there's more to come in South America. Let's focus on Argentina and the election of a new president there when we come back right after this and off leash. Imagine a technology company built to restore your privacy, not take it away. You and your phone are constantly bombarded with tracking, surveillance, propaganda, and digital attacks. Even big tech companies claiming to protect privacy create their own back doors. Unplugged restores what's been lost, starting with a messenger, a VPN, a mobile antivirus. The Unplugged App Bundle gives you back what's rightfully yours. Unplugged. Restore your privacy. We are off leash. Thanks for coming back to us. Uh, we're talking about South America with an amazing discussion around this dispute between 
Venezuela and Guyana. There's other news in South America, Eric, with the election There's of a libertarian. Fantastic news. A <laughs> fantastic, strong, fierce libertarian, Millet, has been elected by 12 points, the president of Argentina. A guy who, well, he's an economics professor, libertarian, rock and roll front man. He's the vocalist for a, for a Rolling Stone cover band. A badass. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he won. And he was just so pissed off at the political establishment. He started his own political party and he won. He won big time. And he was just so sick of, look, after World War II, uh, Argentina was one of the wealthiest countries in the, in the world, at a, a per capita wealth equivalent to Switzerland. And then socialism by this idiot named Perón literally drove them off the cliff in a, a despair of inflation, unemployment, crime. Don't cry for said, me, Argentina. He said, enough. And, and to see Millet and some of the, the press events he's done where he's got a, a big board, um, uh, a dry erase board with all the federal agencies going to close, the, 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 all the same kind of nonsense that the left pushes here. Right. He is targeting those agencies. And the I Department hope, of I hope Culture. To, I hope to God that he is successful at even 10% of what he, of what he goes after. If he is... My God, Argentina is the place to invest. So this guy is pretty fascinating to watch, especially for, for those who are not familiar with his background. But he's a, a hardcore libertarian economist, and he uh, brings a chainsaw. He brings <laughs> a chainsaw to a political rally right. talking about what he wants to do to the bureaucracy. He goes, the, the, your days, you political elites that sit in, in um, Buenos Aires and enrich yourselves and do nothing but soak off of us, it's over. It's over, political elites, you're done. God bless him. I hope, I hope he does well. You know, visual messaging is the most powerful. And, and the thing I think about when I was watching this chainsaw, I'm thinking about, you know, a chainsaw doesn't cut. A chainsaw tears. It rips and tears. It does. I've, I, I cut my knee once with a chainsaw. I can experience, I can definitely second that emotion. <laughs> this guy is a true badass. This guy says, the left is shit. Word for word, on broadcast network TV. Yes. And, and, he, and he's, you know, the, I, this interview he's doing with this network, you know, host, she's just stunned because he goes, like, the image of him is amazing. Got these big lamb chop, you know, yep, sideburns. With a big rock and roll hairdo. Big hairdo. You know, he's a radical. He's crazy. He looks like a crazy man. But that's what they need. That. They need. Yes. Is something unequivocal, something unflinching, something absolute that will that will that will correct the chronic wrongs that the average person in Argentina has been facing because of a political elite that's out to enrich themselves. He has called for the elimination of their federal bank. Central bank, yes. Central bank, right? Because they have, they print money like crazy. He might even try to dollarize the economy to put some fiscal restraint on the country because because people's assets aren't worth anything because it just gets inflated away. And after his election, he said that the elimination of their central bank is not negotiable. Correct. It, there's, there's no discussion. It's gone. And he's got the votes to, he does. to back it up. Yeah, so it's interesting. 
there was first a three-way um, uh, primary, um, and no one, actually, the, the socialist minister um, who was running on the left side um, won the most votes, but not Miley, but because Miley's votes were, were split with another conservative party, but those other so-called conservatives, somewhat right of center, moderate, whatever, everybody piled on to Team Miley, and, um, and away they go. I hope that um, the American right, for the people that don't like Trump, have reservations about Trump, whatever, realize that um, the reform that our country needs, look, Trump might not be the perfect vessel. We're, we're electing a president, not a messiah. Um, but we need that to do a shock to the system because we are $32 trillion in debt. Um, <laughs> our, our costs for, it, for just debt payments now exceed that of the defense budget. Scary. And, and so this, this we're going to start to circle the drain quickly unless there's some reality brought to bear. But this and, and, is... And, 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 but he's so right. We, we Cutting federal spending is not only desirable, but it is absolutely necessary. And, and most Republicans have been fine going downhill on one ski instead of on two skis, mm -hmm. but we've still been going downhill. Republicans in charge of appropriations, there's no reason federal agencies have to be appropriated at anywhere near the levels. It's time to have serious cuts across the board in all government. I'm not saying cut social spending, but keep defense. No. We should cut everything. There is plenty of room. There is so much fat throughout the entire federal government from, from discretionary to non-discretionary to defense. Cut it all. Put it all on a diet. Well, and I, I, hope, went, and I hope Millie, Millie, not Millie, Millie, shines the light of how to do that in Argentina. Right. That's where I see the opportunity for us in the United States of, of his election. And hopefully... Watching from the sidelines at his success as he moves along and shows you can change a society. We are not, by the way, Argentina. Our economy is nowhere near as bad as nope. Argentina, right? It's no comparison. If you not, can achieve it in Argentina, you can yet. do it anywhere. It's right? not, as not bad yet. Yet. <laughs> but it's, um, it is necessary. And I, uh, look, you can, you can be sure that the deep state, permanent elite bureaucrats and apparatchiks surrounding it, will be out to screw them every way they can. Starting nonsense investigations, creating controversy where there are none, because they're they are fighting to protect their, their golden nest. But that's the flip, if you think about it, that's the flip of what we're talking about. We're talking about the, the US right, hopefully being able to learn something from Melee, but the deep state in Argentina sure as heck may have learned something from the deep state in the United States already, and how they can trip him up. I'm, I'm sure they're, 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 they're sharpening their, uh, their knives to stab him in the back. Exactly. But it's a fantastic win that he, that he took the election by 12 points. That's a significant mandate. Well, that's a movement candidate. He is a movement candidate. And the candidate. thing he did best with were the, was, the youth, was young people. So amazing. You can actually reach the young that are frustrated, that have no opportunity for, for job growth, or to pay off their college loans, or to buy a house. You can reach them to say, there is a better way. Follow me, choose liberty, choose freedom, and let's get on with it. Well, you know, if you don't take the youth for granted and you inform them, you give them the information they need. So they recognize, look, this, this economic crisis is more yours than it is ours because you're going to be living with it a lot longer than, than the older generations. 
which is why I'm hopeful that it appears in polling in the U.S. presidential election right now that the youth are seeing that in the U.S. They're, they're shifting in the direction of the right. Especially when they can't afford to buy a house, they can't afford to do many of the basic Their things. Their rent has shot up dramatically. Double, triple, sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and there's no cost of living increase for them. Most of them, you know, living off the wages that they live off of. Especially having gone to school and gotten a bogus degree and overpaid for it at a, at a not effective college. So if Melee is successful, hope to God that he is highly successful and that he is not tripped up by their deep state. Tell me what that means uh, for South America and for the region. Uh, you've got it means, it means insidious if, influence if, if from Iran actually, and China if, and Russia. But if you actually have an election in Venezuela in the fall of 2024 mm-hmm. and, and uh, someone like Maria Karina Machado wins, then she has an even bigger pile of shit to clean up in Venezuela, but, but necessary to do to undo the, the, those problems. Mexico, you have um, uh, AMLO is the very socialist president now who's been, you know, hugs, not bullets, his approach to cartel violence and cartel violence has skyrocketed. Um, massive drug trafficking, fentanyl, and other hard drugs on top of human trafficking by the millions. Um, his appointed successor to, to run for president after him is even worse and even farther to the left than he is. Um, the in, in running, um, it'll be a miracle, uh, but he's going to run. The guy that was the um, the producer director of the movie The Sound of Freedom, right, is going to run against that in on, Mexico. He's on, running on now. A, he, he was with uh, Mele, and they, they signed a document agreeing that they would both f- fight human trafficking. Yes. Yeah. So um, Mexico, our biggest trading partner, our southern neighbor, is in dangerous, dangerous position because they're well on their way to becoming a full-on narco state controlled by mm-hmm. cartel families mm-hmm. that have far more influence and control over the, the police and military than even the government does. Let's exit with this. Tell me why Mele, he's not taken office yet, he'll take office December 9th, but between his election and his uh, taking office, he's stopping uh, in New York Yeah, on his way to Israel. Why is that significant? He, he, was, uh, he was raised kind of a nominal Catholic, but he had a lot of spiritual influence under a uh, rabbi in New York, and he wanted to go and pray um, uh, at the place that he studied in, and uh, he's going to Israel as a, as a sign of respect to Israel and the, and the problems they're facing. I mean, he's not even in office yet, and he's showing you know, uh, himself as a world leader. Yes, and, and, but yet Biden didn't have time to meet with him when he passed through Washington. So, but an interesting thing is you think about... Yeah, but Trump had time to call him and congratulate him. Yes, for sure he did. Um, um, you think about a country like El Salvador, which was overrun with gang violence, okay? One of the murder capitals of the world. And they elected a guy named Bukele. What's his background? He's a Palestinian. And he is locked down. Um, it is now... Um, El Salvador is safer than Prince William County, just south of Washington, D.C., okay? That's how safe it is. He took it from the murder capital of the world. He made it safe. Why? Because they locked down MS-13. They went after anybody showing the gang tattoos. And and he shows it can be done. It's not an intractable it problem. Yes. Yeah. He built a big prison to house them, 
that's literally under, it's like right next to an active volcano. That is the message from Melee, is hope, right? Yeah. It can be hope. done. And it made me think maybe Bukele could run Gaza. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a hell of an idea. Yeah, transplant him over there. Let's get, let's get Hamas eliminated and then get a, you know, yep. a proper ruling regime in there. Look, leadership matters. Leadership, yeah. People willing to take hard decisions and get after it matters. We're long past due in America for mealy-mouthed, weak, beta, beta people. And being a comms guy, I would say visual messaging matters a lot. You take a chainsaw to a political rally, you know, count me in. Indeed. Amazing. Look, this has been amazing analysis on uh, South America. There's a lot going on. We're going to continue to study it and analyze it with our experts, uh, resident expert, Eric Prince. For now, we are off leash. Thanks again for joining us.